Welcome to episode eight of the Sally Serves It Up podcast. As ever and always, I am so happy to be here with you again. Our household, I don't know if you can tell by my voice, has been hit with COVID. Me and my husband are both pretty ill with it. Um, I think we got it from our son last week and I'm feeling a little bit rubbish, but I'm powering through because I really wanted to record this episode for you and to get it out into the ether. So today I'm going to talk about losing weight imperfectly. And as ever, you can take anything that I mention about weight loss or buffering and drinking and really apply it to any change that you want to make in your life. But first, I want to quickly touch on cooking. Um, On Sunday serving, this Sunday the 13th, I'll be doing my new now monthly newsletter and I'm going to be doing an exclusive recipe for my subscribers there, which is a totally delish chorizo chickpea and chestnut stew. And it's going to be excellent. And I highly recommend subscribing if you haven't done already at sallywebstercoaching.com forward slash subscribe. Okay, now on to how to lose weight imperfectly. Now, this might sound a little counterintuitive to what diet culture and mentality has had you believe for however long, like since your first diet. So my first proper diet was when I was 19 and I first went to Weight Watchers. But I swear, if you can make these shifts, if you can learn how to lose weight imperfectly, it's the fastest way to change and the results that you want. Let's start with what happens when you're trying to be perfect. So say you want to lose 10 pounds and you're planning your food, you're applying the other tools that maybe I've spoken about, like the hunger scale and constraint and intermittent fasting. And one day you just don't follow your plan. You eat lots of things you haven't planned. You drink, you don't use the hunger scale, like everything goes out the window. And you think to yourself, after the fact, you think, it's not working. I've messed up. I knew I couldn't do it. And from those thoughts, they often create negative feelings, uncomfortable feelings, feelings like shame. And we often feel shame in those moments because we're blaming the diet, but we're also blaming ourselves for not being able to follow it perfectly. And from shame, we often seek more buffering behavior to numb what an incredibly uncomfortable feeling shame is in our bodies. But we also look for all the ways it's been hard and might not be working. We start to doubt what we have achieved, like we negate what we have created, the results that we do have. We're suspicious of them and start to interrogate how good they really are. We dismiss how good we felt before this off-plan event even happened. And we focus on one day rather than like the past however many days we've been trying. So say you've been doing something for three weeks, for 21 days, and then you have one day where things don't go to plan. And you just focus on that perceived mishap and you disregard the progress that you had started to make And you just, we just make it all mean that we shouldn't carry on, that we don't carry on. 
and that we stop trying. And the result of all that is, is what it creates for us is truth in the thought. We don't let it work. We stop it from working. We make it true that we knew we couldn't do it. And from there, the cycle continues. We might say, fuck it. We might say, let's start again on Monday. We might say, what's the next diet I can try? Or we might just give up entirely and feel resigned to our current weight that we are when we had really hoped to create something else for ourselves. I know that I would do that. I'd be like, oh, my body's broken. Maybe I'll go get another thyroid test. And I just like resign myself to it. And then I would get sick of that after another few weeks and then start the whole process again. So the real problem is not that we ate or drank off plan. That's not a problem. It's what we make it mean when we aren't perfect, when we don't show up perfectly to what we perceive as perfect. And I want to offer you that there is another way. What if you could see your buffering or imperfect actions as an opportunity, a chance to learn, the only chance of genuinely changing the habit, at changing your thinking and the way that you approach things? And I know this can sound a little odd and maybe like I'm trying to kind of like stretch something into something it's not. But if you think about it, it's because of how you've been thinking and how you've been approaching things like to date that has got you to the point where you don't want to be anymore. And you need to understand what those habits are. You need to see how they work, what's at play, what's led to that in order to meaningfully change the habit. And so I really encourage you just to start asking questions. What was going on when you did that? Who was annoying you? What was stressing you out? What were you believing about the moment? Was it the kids, your partner, your job? It could have been like a celebration. It could have been a happy moment and it, or it could have been like a commiseration. What was it? What were you feeling? Why did you do that? Not with judgment, not like, why did you do that? It's like, why did I do that? What was going on? It's like, it's curiosity, it's compassion, and it's self-love and self-care. And when you do that, you can start to see that it was just your habits at work and that it's okay. It was just habits doing exactly what they're meant to do. Be a habit that is something that's like on repeat, one that we've probably picked up over time in a bid to keep ourselves like safe in some way to give ourselves pleasure in some way and to be efficient like to be efficient it's all very human and perfectly human and it's completely normal but it doesn't mean it has to stay the same once you gain the awareness of what's actually happening so once you've asked yourself those really curious questions from that place of non-judgment and not holding them against some level of perfectionism that you've decided is the level for this particular thing you're trying to do, that's when you can start to change the habit intentionally to be what you want it to be by using your upper brain, the most evolved part of you, to rewire things, to take things out of your lower brain as a habit and bring them back up into awareness. Like think of them coming up from like the lower ground floor, from like the basement up to ground floor. Let's bring them back into the light 
and sort of bring them like subject to review. And if we come at it from this more neutral perspective and leave the judgment of how we behaved at the door, leave the perfectionism and how you think think things like should have been, how you wished they'd been, you'll be more open and able to actually progress, to genuinely begin to change your habits. And I'm the first to say it takes time and it might feel slow and annoying because in all honesty, it'll be harder this way at first, at least to like live in curiosity rather than judgment, to interrupt your habits as they're happening, to, to, to like bring awareness to what is going on. And even in that awareness, you're going to be like, oh God, now I know why I'm doing this. And you might still do things anyway, but it will be harder to start choosing compassion over perfectionism. But it will be the fastest way to your transformation. I promise. If you expect to be imperfect and you're willing to learn from it, only then, only then can you change the habits that might have been keeping you. You won't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You won't think everything is so black and white. So like on and off the wagon and your journey will start to just be in the gray. I like to think, and this is just a lovely insight into my weird brain. I like to think of some sort of weird, slow moving train journey that sometimes, I think it's because I used to go to Edinburgh all the time on the train. And it's like, sometimes it has the most amazing scenery and you love it and it blows your mind and everything just feels so great. But sometimes it's bumpy and uncomfortable, but you've bought the ticket and there's no getting off. And you don't want to get off because you believe in getting to the destination. You believe in your ability to get there. You're willing to sit through it, to see it through, no matter how long it takes, no matter the mix of beautiful scenery and bumpy discomfort. It's your journey and you are on it. And I want to offer something that I think is really interesting to consider. What if you buffered or showed up as you did in the moment, you know, like that moment which you're labeling as not perfect and making it mean something is wrong. What if you behaved in that way because you were needing something, something like safety, love, quiet, comfort. And if you ask yourself what that might have been, and you listen to your honest answer, then you might be able to think of other ways to give yourself those things and not see buffering as the answer or as the solve for the future. And so what if it was the perfect way of behaving for you because it showed you what you most needed? And in that way, it like becomes the first step in a true act of love and care for yourself. So my advice is to plan, just like I tell you to plan about everything and anything, is to plan for being imperfect because you are completely perfect with your imperfections. And if you experience that day where everything kind of went wrong in one way or another, and you choose to see it as an opportunity to learn, as an opportunity to 
change the habit genuinely, because this really is just about habit change and you feel curious, what action do you imagine you take from there? You might start asking yourself questions like, what did you really need in that moment? What was your body or like even your nervous system asking for you? Dare yourself to ask how it all could have been perfect for you. What did it reveal to you? And from that openness, you might start thinking about what to try out for next time. You get back to following your plan the next day. You get back to the tools. You get back to what you know was working. You remember all the progress you've made. And you don't make one thing mean it's all gone to shit. And the result of all that is you begin to actually, genuinely, truly start to change the habit and create new results that you haven't had before. And it's so amazing. You're showing your brain, you're teaching your brain, you are wiring your brain to behave in a different way. And it will really blow your mind when you start to see what feels hard at first become your natural behavior, become your natural instinct. And this is the difference for like between those that succeed and those that struggle to gain traction. They let go of perfection. They expect imperfection and they anticipate it and plan for it ahead of time. And they decide to think it's an opportunity to change their habits and they get to work. And so they keep moving forwards, even maybe when on the outside, like from from an outside perspective, someone could think that they were moving backwards, but only you know what you're doing. And it really only matters what you think, what you like, what you know you're doing and how you're showing up for yourself. And as you keep doing that and being willing to practice and learn and rewire your thinking and habits by observing the most imperfect moments, you'll start to gain evidence to support how anticipating imperfection is actually useful. There's a sense of peace and you kind of just like exhale. It's like a deep breath where you know it's happening, the results are coming, they're inevitable, and you've been able to sort of release the reins on perfectionism. And I want you to imagine holding onto those reins right now and imagine letting go and that sense of relief that you feel in your body, the tension kind of start to dissipate. And I often remind myself, and this might sound a bit <laughs> a bit basic, but it's like, just find the basic things that work for you. And this is one of them for me. We are not robots. We're not living in the Sims. It's not Minecraft. It's going to be in the gray that we find our perfect place and our alignment and our way, our unique way of moving forwards. There's no right way. There's only the way that you make right. And you feel just a sense of peace and relief as you accept yourself for the totally beautiful, amazing human that you are doing human things, trying to live the best human life that you can, and one that was never intended to be perfect. And you can let yourself be with that without making it mean anything's wrong, with the, with the uncomfortable feeling when things aren't perfect and know that it's part of the journey, it's part for the course. And I think it's there in that space that I've just been talking about, in that relief 
that true transformation can happen. Okay, I'm going to leave you with that. And if you haven't signed up for my Sunday serving monthly newsletter, please do so. I'm talking this Sunday coming, the 13th of November, about being in a rush, why we do it, what it creates for us, amongst some other things that I've been eyeing and buying. And I would love to see you there. Please subscribe at sallywebstercoaching.com forward slash subscribe. And I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening, my friends. Thank you for putting up with my nasal congestion COVID voice. Have a beautiful week and I will see you soon. Bye.